0: track at the wall.
1: So connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to WWE War, Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, and joining me always here is my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you?
0: JT, uh, I'd be lying if I said uh, I was doing great, man. Summer's not gone the way I planned. Uh, we spent the summer in my household, off and on, people taking turns being sick. Um, I know a lot of people like chicken noodle soup when they're sick. Not me, but my chicken noodle soup for my soul is some mid-80s WWF.
1: Yeah, I, I was definitely feeling due for this, like I said, coming off the NXT season. It, it was felt good to dive back you know, uh, 20 years before that and dig into some real classic nostalgia. The shows we're doing in the season, and honestly, as we'll see, the season is only going to be one episode. Uh, our ones I covered semi recently on the Place to Be podcast, but even that's been about almost six years now uh, since we did those. So it, it's still been a bit since I had watched them. Always we settled in to do it for this show And yeah, it's always exciting to start a new season here uh, If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard here on the show We are going through every WWE pay-per-view season Which begins with the April pay-per-view Or the or the closest show after Mania, I should say Because not every year has one in April And ends with the Mania the following calendar year So for example, in uh, our first season we covered 94-95 So we started with uh, King of the Ring 94 and wrapped up on WrestleMania 11 so we've gone through those different seasons to date, and we have covered 94, 95. We have covered 2011, 2012. We have covered 1999, 2000, and we have covered uh, 2018, 2019 NXT. The way we do this is we go through the matches, we grade all the matches. Uh, don't get into too deep of a dive on the on the wrestling itself. We just kind of cover off on them, and then we go through a plus-minus system. So all of the good moments and other categories that you'll hear about in a minute we give a plus point to and if there's anything that we feel is a negative or below replacement level gets a minus so to us a replacement level anything is just something that kind of exists on a wrestling show if it's something that occurred that was a notable moment or something that we really enjoyed gets a plus over that and something that we really detested it wasn't just kind of middling gets a minus we net all that out and that gives us our total composite score for the show. And then we have a master list ranking all of these shows. Uh, before we dive in, Marcus, really quick, do you want to talk about the categories we do this for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Here are our categories that we base things off of build, commentary, the atmosphere of the event, notable moments and importance, match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all time matches.
1: All right. So we're going to kick off the 85 86 season with the Wrestling Classic. Occurred November 7th, 1985 from the Rosemont Horizon of Rosemont, Illinois. 14,000 in attendance. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura were on commentary. Vince McMahon and what Alfred A's were presenting the show. We'll get into them for sure. Uh, They were running the board in the back (laughs) for this tournament. And yes, the idea is that as a 16-man elimination tournament, the winner would get a uh, uh, cash prize money. And uh, they also gave away a car on this show that we'll talk about. Of course, that was a big selling point point. and also it features a very big world title match in here as well. So this is non nominally really the first like full pay-per-view, I believe in history, because RFC one was mainly closed circuit. It was on pay-per-view in some mm-hmm. markets. This one really was <coughs> more of a uh, full on pay-per-view. And uh, I didn't see this for a while. Like I, I was probably in like mid nineties by the time I like rented this and checked it out. Okay. And I definitely was not. (laughs) remember not being super impressed, and I probably haven't watched it a ton since, like maybe a few times for different projects or whatever, but it's not something I have like a super strong uh, memories about. But uh, how about your history with the show itself?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. First time I saw the show was uh, probably 10 years after you. Uh, I believe it was the original like 24-7 network. Um, My my buddy Tim, I do your choice with on uh, North-South Connection, he had the on-demand... W twenty four seven service and one month this was uploaded as like one of the special events. So that was the first time I had access to watch it mm-hmm. in full. And it's one of those shows, like every time I start it, I seem to never make it all the way through. <laughs> um whether, you know, I fall asleep or turn it off halfway through or whatever. So uh, I really enjoyed going through this show and uh, watching it with a keen eye. Um but yeah, it's definitely one of those shows, especially given the era that I have like less mastery over.
1: Right. All right, let's dive in. It is a very bulky card. There are 15 matches in all, and a lot of them are on the Express line. We only have uh, a few matches that are even over six minutes, and only one at nine. Everything else is sub-nine. Nothing hits double digits. So they really buzz through these matches. They churn along, and as a result, you don't really get much in the way of quality and ring action. Uh, Opening round, we have Adrian Adonis defeating Corporal Kirchner by pinfall uh i I mean this is okay uh gorilla really goes in on the time limit here says it's 10 minutes jesse's talking about the type of tactics uh, adonis will use doesn't think kirchner is ready for them uh and then pretty much adonis twists out of a uh, headlock powers up uh powers off of kirchner as he makes a comeback blocks a suplex and hits a reverse bulldog which is essentially a ddt they call it a reverse bulldog here uh it was a fine little bout i thought it was a nice strong win for adonis kirchner looked okay uh, he fell short due to inexperience, and Gorilla's going all into on the stakes of this. He's like the winner of this will c- cash your ticket. It's like a major prize to win this and move up the rankings. So I, I went, I went just a half a star. <laughs> like it was whatever. I mean, it's only you know 320 long, and that's one of the longer matches of the round. So uh, it was fine.
0: Yeah, uh, I liked it a little bit more than you, but that's because Adonis is my boy. Uh, I went with a full two, um, and maybe that's combined with like my dislike for whatever reason of a corporal kershner never been impressed with his work never been a fan of him uh knock off sergeant slaughter for me and i don't even like sergeant slaughter all that much uh so yeah uh this match didn't have too much of a chance for me but adonis is a true master of his craft if you want to see him kind of drag a broomstick to a passable match i think this is it (laughs) um but yeah it was a good way to start off the show Mm
1: -hmm. So when we do our match grades, we take your grade. And I'm sorry, I uh, misspoke. I had a star a quarter and a half. Um, so what we do is we average our grade and round that average up to the nearest quarter star. And then either plus minus half or two and a half. Two and a half to us is a replacement level match, a middling match. So the average of this was 1.75. So let's get to minus 0.75 on the war because it's that much lower from two and a half uh, mid-level match. All right, up next we have Dynamite Kid taking on Nikolai Volkov. Uh, really, just nothing here. This is, you know, only nine seconds. Nikolai demands to sing the national anthem. He finishes, the bell rings, Dynamite the missile dropkick, and pins him. Uh, I-, I thought it was fun to establish a format they pour into this. Like, Nikolai's dicking her out the song. It shows Dynamite's ready to attack, he gets good buzz. So I was fine with this. I mean, I went dud because it's literally nine seconds of the dropkick, but um, it was. I think it was uh, fine in establishing, well, A, knocking a match off and moving us along, and B, establishing that these guys are, are here to uh, go at it. But I also think this could have been, the minus for me, too, is that this could have been maybe a decent match, one of the better ones of the first round. Yeah. Like, I'm not a huge Nikolai stand, but Dynamite can work, and Nikolai doing a big man, little man with him might have been fun.
0: Yeah, Nikolai can surprise you every once in a while when you're not expecting it. Uh, no matter how many times he has to hit that sweet spin kick, uh, might be once might be five who knows Uh, most notable for me was that dynamite kid did not have his wrist tape on for this match, which is always mm-hmm. a sign <laughs> That, uh, you know, the wrestlers don't take this too seriously. So angle alert there Um, I went with a grade of one for this match. I thought it accomplished what it needed to but Um, you know, it's it's almost more of an angle than a match
1: Okay. Yeah, and I lied. I want one as well. I'm looking at my uh, wrong column here. So uh, this a- averages out to a one minus 1.25 war. I'll get it right in the next one, which is Macho Man Randy Savage in his first match uh, on pay-per-view in the doDF taking on Ivan Putski, Polish Power uh Putzky gets a pretty warm reception but he kind of feels like a jobber he's just kind of standing there savage and liz come out looking all flamboyant and regal gorilla knows that savage has liz behind him instead of a manager and they really talk about that jesse's all in on savage's whole show talks about uh, how prepared he is and this is his night he's all in a macho man uh, it's a pretty good power versus speed match and a little bit of a brains competition too as savage really outlasts and outworks him he uh Putzky ends up bringing some fire in the corner savage scoops the legs out and covers them uh using the roaster leverage and gets a cheap win Liz kind of makes a sour face at savage cheating as they head off and i I thought the finish a little awkward too uh paid off the idea that macho had to outsmart the powerhouse so i guess it's okay but it wasn't clean and i'm not a fan of the feet on the ropes finish like i've always hated that and they do it a lot during the stretch savage would do it on our next show as well so i went one and three quarters like it was fine power versus speed but the finish definitely wasn't great
0: yeah, Savage Jonas-Era still has a lot of that um, basic Memphis he- heel heat to him. Um, so I went with uh, 1.75 for this matchup. Uh, Putski's always somebody, uh, you know, we're not going to see him again this season, but for me, he's always somebody who, like, When exactly was this dude's time? Because I feel like whenever I do watch something from his time, it feels like his time had just passed, and he always kind of feels, he's like an eternal relic. Like, I don't know when this guy's prime was, uh, so it, it was cool. He, I guess in the seventies. I, I guess and so. Tito were
1: tag champs and stuff.
0: He just always feels like a relic. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Jesse Oliver Savage uh, backing up his boy, and um, yeah, it just it just got my mind wandering, like exactly how would Jesse have fit in um, had this tag team had gone down with him and Savage, or this loose alliance, whatever, whatever he's very much hinting at here um like what what would that have looked like but i'll have plenty more time to talk about that as the night goes on
1: yes all right next up we have ricky the dragon steamboat taking on one half of the british bulldogs davy boy smith uh i I like the face face matchup it kind of sells the lottery format so i thought that was cool and jesse's all in here on this one (coughs) talking about how we're gonna see the dirty tricks and the greed coming out gorilla thinks it'll play fair all through this uh just when this match is really getting cooking we get, we get the finish where Steamboat blocks a suplex goes a perfect delayed vertical. Uh, Davey blocked the splash with his knees and then leveled them with standing drop kicks and he was catching fire. But then Steamboat blocked a third one and Smith careened into the ropes and crotch himself so hard that the ref called it due to injury. So you get Steamboat kind of checks on him and accepts the victory. It felt like a cheap way out. Um, It was fun while it lasted. I think Steamboat going on was the right call, but I think this could have been a match that they leaned on to really over-deliver and and put on something here in the first round. And I know they have big things coming for the Bulldogs, but it's like losing a match to Steamboat in a hard-fought like six-minute, seven-minute match wouldn't have hurt Davey that much, really. He is a tag guy. So I went two stars. I just wish they got more time.
0: Yeah, uh, they kind of booked themselves into a corner with this matchup. I do like the face face dynamic, especially in these big tournaments, so that it's not straight face heel all the way down the card, which makes it look a little cooked, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, Steamboat getting a win over a tag guy wouldn't have been the worst thing. I know that both guys are going to be on to big things uh, in the next upcoming year or so, but I seem like Steamboat, being the established singles guy, um, should have been in line for a clean win here, but. Uh, I like the crotch spot, uh, looked mm-hmm. pretty cool, and it seemed like a legit way out <laughs> of, uh, yes. of of a corner that they bro- booked themselves into. So, um, nobody looks worse, but nobody also looks better, if that makes sense, and yeah, I think both help. guys could have looked better with a clean finish.
1: Even if they did a countout where, like, Steamboat crushes him with a dropkick and he tumbles hard outside and hits his head on the floor or something, like, that would have at least looked a little better than this, I don't know. It is, I, I mean, I guess it was unique, but... All right, next up, we have the Junkyard Dog taking on the Iron Sheik. Uh, Crowds all over Sheik early on. JYD uses a lot of power. Whiffs on a falling headbutt as Sheik gets the camel clutch. And Gorilla and Jesse kind of write it off. JYD gets his arm free, though, forces Sheik to break. And that gets a big surprise out of everyone. And then uh, Sheik gets tied up with the ref. And as that's happening, JYD hits him with a headbutt. Again, it was fine. It was just... None of these matches are hanging on long enough to be, like, awful. And there's some good energy here from JYD, but it's just another kind of weak finish trying to protect these guys. A the tournament feels like a bad idea in this era because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so hell-bent on, like, 50-50 protection of dudes at this time from here even until, like, the early 90s that when you have to force guys to lose, it feels like they just don't want to do it for a lot of them, and you end up with stuff like this. Like, why can't JYD be the friggin' Iron Sheik, you know? Uh, so I went two and a quarter on the match. It was fine. JYD's fire was good, but, yeah, just nothing doing otherwise.
0: Yeah, we're in line here again, too, on the last match, two and a quarter for this match for me. Um, yeah, it felt very much like don't give anything away at all during this era, which I definitely understand um, their business structure at the time with the house shows and not wanting to blow off feuds on TV and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And, you know, you don't want to give a guy necessarily a big clean win because that could be a program down the, down the road or could mess up somebody else's program. But, uh, yeah, tournament, probably not the best idea. Um, just given the the booking strategy at the time. Uh, but yeah, this is a pretty straightforward match. I really like JYD during this era, which I didn't realize I was such a big JYD fan, um, but he, I thought he brought a really good energy, and I would say so far, he feels like the biggest star on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a, a revelation for me.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think he's in his final weeks, really. like Into early 86, I feel like he's still pretty on fire when he's with hogan and find the funks and all that into mania i think post-Mania is where sauce unravel a mm-hmm. bit for him um and it really starts to fall apart all right up next we have a debacle and that is moondog spot taking on terry funk this one's pretty infamous uh, I guess it could be fun on paper if it's a wild brawl. Funk gets on the mic. He says he doesn't want to wrestle. He asks Spot if he feels the same way. Says they should both leave the ring and to settle for a draw. Spot agrees to the deal. They both leave and start to walk off. But Funk clobbers him from behind and runs to the ring. Spot recovers and yanks him down. They brawl. Funk shoves Spot in the ring and can't get back. And Spot wins by count out. And then Funk beats the shit out of him as Jimmy freaks out. I, I mean, I guess this was a way to protect Funk. They're lining him up for Hogan coming off of this. And you have the shock advancement with Spot. Um, I'm just surprised they didn't do Funk, JYD in the next round because mm. that, that's a big feud right now. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to grow. I mean, I guess to your point, they don't want to blow off maybe that match here, but why not have them just do the count out? I don't know. I just felt like Funk, it just him trying to outsmart Spot is like, I mean, just wrestle him and beat him. Like, it's, it's a Moon moondog. You know, it's like, it, it shouldn't be that difficult if you're Terry Funk. Like, why do you need to play these games to try and beat Spot? Didn't seem that great of an idea. If you want to do something like this, why not have it be successful? it's only spot mm-hmm. sacrifice him, and then he right. tries it again on jyd and jyd beats the shit out of him right because now you established it at work it was a good plan he dumped you know he thinks spot is dumb nibbled dogs he thinks jyd's dumb right it's like he could then you could play that up right like oh he's gonna mastermind his way to the finals but jyd's on to him and he smacks the shit out of him in the aisle or whatever do something like that and then at least it makes sense but this this was stupid i went to dud I, I i did not enjoy this at all I, i've always hated this match and this finish
0: yeah dud for you is a full zero um I gave it a 0.75, but it still fits uh, <laughs> in our, our minus column for all-time matches. Uh, I did go with the 0.75 just because of Funk's, I guess, acting, mm. uh, his his selling of things. Um, I enjoyed the performance Stupid. aspect of, of it, but... Stupid. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't argue that, but... Um, it was. This
1: makes exec- Funk look dumb. It just looks dumb.
0: Yeah, it was executed as well as it could be executed. Like, how how well can a bad idea go? And I, I think this went as well as it could have gone, but it's still not very good. Um, they yeah, they should have went with Junker a Dog and Funk the next round, and then right. do a DQ, uh, you know, do the IOA, whatever. Like, there's right. a million different options you can do there, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, Funk attack not- him
1: with the branding iron and get DQ'd, whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, but at least he yeah, gets a win simpy. here and
1: moves on, you know?
0: Yeah, you get more simpy on Junk, junk or a dog moving on, uh, and it gets Funk out of the spot. He doesn't have to do a job, but such is life in uh, 86 WWF. Yep.
1: All right, up next we have probably, I guess, one of the top couple matches here in the first round. That is Tito Santana taking on the Magnificent Morocco. Really cool match on paper for sure. Strong one. Uh, Jesse really goes in on Santana. I guess his leg is, is taped up. And he rips him for risking injury when it could cost him his IC title. He said he's more worried about the green than the gold. And he's all over him this whole match while he's all his leg is all wrapped up. Uh, Morocco hits a power slam, gets a surprising win. But as he celebrates, Tito pops up and rolls up Morocco to an inside cradle. And, uh, I mean, the win's clarified after because they see Tito's foot was on the ropes for Morocco's pin. Jesse says it's cheap. Gorilla credits Tito for being smart. But again, I thought this was a real sloppy finish. Like, it was confusing. Uh, the match was too short to really matter or go anywhere. It was fine. It was adequate. It was about as replacement level as I feel a match gets that can go four four minutes and seventeen seconds. So I went two and a half on it. <clears throat> but again, like, can someone just get a win? Why does everyone have to get duped or screw up? And this one was not as obvious at all. Like, it was very confusing. Um, I guess you could say, well, the ref called it right, and everyone else was just kind of lost. But I don't know. This it seemed kind of stupid.
0: Yeah. i I want to tick higher i want 2.75 but we're in the same ballpark we we agree on everything um i just think that santana Morocco are like two of my favorites during this time Mm -hmm. uh they're definitely going to pop up on my gww 100 list um and yeah i I just thought the work itself uh these are like two all-time pros in my opinion so i thought the work was just um a little bit higher um I yes, even given what we've seen so far in the evening, so 2.75 for me, but I agree with everything you said.
1: Okay. All right, up next we have another really good match on paper, and that is Paul Orndorff, who was red hot after his face turn post-WrestleMania, taking on the Ace Cowboy, Bob Orton. This plays in nicely to Mania 1 because, of course, Orton um, <coughs> is aligned with Piper. He was also part of that WrestleMania 1 finish. We got the $50,000 bounty on the line in this as well, Bobby's bounty on Orndorff. So Orton's really, you know, gunning to take the money and advance on here. Uh, I think the match has a pretty good back and forth. Eventually Orton bails to the floor, but Orndorff comes right after him and hammers away. Orton ends up in the apron and smashes Orndorff in the head with his cast and gets disqualified. Orndorff beats him after the bell. Um, I thought the crowd heat was awesome here. They were really into it the whole time. This deserved more time than a gut. Um, And I thought the finish was was good because Orton realized he was in trouble. He's not going to win. So why not take a crack at the bounty and smash him in the head with the cast and maybe he knocks him out and gets the Mm -hmm. money. So um, right when it all was lost, he kind of took a shot. So this was six and a half minutes. I went three stars. I thought it was pretty solid. Best match of the first round and contender for best of the night. And the only thing that really hurt it, and it's not the match's fault, but that we've already seen all these fuck finishes coming into this tonight. So... Like, we've only had how many matches of our Six or whatever. And, like, most of them had a shitty finish. Yeah. So this felt like just, oh, another DQ versus, like, meaning as much as it could have.
0: I mean, yeah, just looking back at the tournament real quick. Like, if you give Steamboat and Davey Boy a, uh, a clean finish, and if you forget the stuff with, like, Spot and Funk or whatever, um, I mean, that saves you two, two finishes right there that would make this one stand out a little bit more. Uh, but given all of that, I still went with three they were cooking with gas in this match and another revelation for me, just how over babyface face Orndorff is during this time. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was, he was really something. And, uh, cowboy Bob just makes, makes everything look so effortless. And I know that's a, a common praise of his, but, um, you know, I'm going to echo those sentiments here. He's just effortlessly good.
1: Mm-hmm. No, this was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, especially given the finish coming off the back of the other ones. All right, next up, we have our first second round match Dynamite Kid takes on adorable Adrian Adonis. And um, again, we, uh, we're we skimming over some stuff, but we're going to talk about it later, which is a lot of Vince and Lord Alfred in the back with a uh, lovely female, Susan, who's running to the board. And th- there's oh, a lot boy. of problematic stuff throughout this, but we'll get to that in a minute. A uh, really good matchup here to open round two. This this could be really fun. Uh, a lot of back and forth. Dynamite drop kicks Adonis hard into Jimmy and covers him for the surprise win at the end. So... Uh, I thought this was a pretty good win for Dynamite to knock off Adonis, like who's being positioned and, and really starting to get pushed hard with the new gimmick. That was a fun match, as expected. It had a really good pace. It was hard-hitting and focused offense. The Jimmy sub backfiring this time after usually helping was good. Uh, and Dynamite kind of has the underdog run going. He's kind of the, the guy now in this tournament that's you know, half of a tag guy, smaller wrestler, and he's moving his way up the ladder through the brackets. So, again, I dug this. I went two and three quarters. It was fun. And I thought it was a nice start to the second round.
0: I went with the three for this um i thought tremendous pacing uh adonis like keeping up with dynamite kid but also still in the matchdown a little bit when he needed to um not they not they had a ton of time anyways to really work with but um yeah I, you know i'm not super high on dynamite kid I understand uh you know he, he was very much ahead of his time given the era but um you know him and adonis seems kind of like a, a match made in heaven just this heel that is you know physically big um, and knows how to, you know, really work and, and slow things down and control the pacing. But you got Dynamite Kid on, on the other end, um, who's just pure Dynamite. And um, yeah, so I went with three. Uh, this was awesome and a, a great way to start off the second round.
1: All right, we continue round two with another really fun match on paper, and that is Macho Man Randy Savage shaking on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So we're <laughs> getting this here in the second round of the Wrestling Classic. Steamboat makes a quick comeback after Savage gets hot to start. A lot of uh, fa- fast-paced action throughout all this. Toward the finish, Steamboat goes to some thrusts. Uh, Savage ends up on the apron. <clears throat> he goes into his tights. Steamboat tries to back-suplex him. Savage punches him repeatedly with a foreign object and falls on him for the win. I uh, this is a nice glimpse of what could be a potential classic down the way. Savage is clearly the focus of a superstar here. Uh, the presentation, the commentary, everything about him, you could tell they have big plans. Steamboat looked good as well, too. Savage cheats his way around round three. Jesse denies the cheating. And this also sets up Savage's kind of chicanery uh, that he goes for. You know, usually in these spots is the Mm -hmm. the punch as they come back into the ring, which sets up a big total change next year. So I thought this was pretty good stuff. I went uh, two and three quarters on this as well.
0: Yep, two and three quarters for me. Um, Again, just very heavy. Now it's like... Mm -hmm. Getting heavier like if um, I don't know I think about like making a sandwich and you're putting like peanut butter on it if you're making peanut butter and jelly or whatever like got, like a thin coat to begin with and then like you put the knife back in it's like ah, let, me, let me let's me let just get some more on there like this was like the second coat of peanut butter for uh, Jesse and uh, and mm-hmm. Savage like all right it's a little it's a little heavy now um, and, and we're not quite done yet um, yeah and, uh, just like seeing this match and then seeing, you know, the WrestleMania three match, which we'll eventually cover, um, and then knowing their house show matches, I'm just kind of amazed at how these guys could have like so many different kinds of matches, and they're right. all kind of good. It's like this one's like kind of a, a basic one, um, but yeah, um, that was my takeaway from this: is just you know the different kind of matches these guys could have to varying levels, and um, yeah, it was it was truly impressive.
1: All right. Right back to the ring we go, and now we get the fallout of Junkyard Dog and Moondog Spot. Obviously, going to be a step down from what to saw. Spot gets some knee drops. JYD dodges him in headbutts, and then you realize there's no referee in the ring. Uh, I don't know if he – I guess he missed his <laughs> cue. They're hustling through this. JYD hits him with the headbutt, covers and counts his own fall. The, the bell rings. And Gorilla's like, what happened? And, the, and he goes, oh, the ringside judge gave the official nod. Like, none of this made any sense. What we couldn't get – a ref out there, and I know, I think there's a story out there that, yeah, he just wasn't ready and misses Q, but are we really trying to fire fire through this that fast, and we're going to do something that's never been done before, where a guy counts his own pin and wins a match in a big prestigious tournament? It was stupid. This was a full-on dud. Um, it was no match. No, The ref thing is, the spot somehow has like two of the dumbest matches in, res- in wrestling history in the same card within an hour of each other.
0: Yeah, I like the little bit of an explanation where they're like, oh, "I guess the ringside judges are going to allow it." But I'm like, it's what? never been a thing. <laughs> what judges? Who, who's who's sitting at ringside? Uh, you know, who are these people? Who are they? Um, yeah, it was. I I went with um point two five. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, can we at least get a ref in there? I guess not. That was my main my main gripe. But it is what it is.
1: All right. Close out the second round with Tito Santana taking on Mr. Wonderful, Paul Arndorff. So another face face match for Tito. Um, I, I like how they didn't hold back on that concept. They're really going for it. Jesse wonders if Tito will go after the bounty halfway through when Arndorf's not ready. He says, you're telling me a t- taco salesman from Tijuana can't be bought. And that just is like encapsulates all of the awful Jesse stuff that we're going to cover later in the commentary. Uh, they end up spilling outside and clawing at each other and punching away and both get counted out and eliminated. Uh, they kind of realize what happened and they cool back down afterward when things get heated at the end so as a fine it was it was disappointing in the end due to the format i thought you know jesse pushing the story of the volcano of tito erupting after the nice nice stuff and he finally did i thought that was pretty good racist stuff aside um, and it was sad to see both go but it kind of made the tournament actually feel a little bit more real so again this one like i'm okay with if we didn't have so many bad finishes already to this point so this one went eight minutes one of the longer matches of the night And on this one, I went two and a half stars.
0: Yeah, this is like a logical non-finish that would have actually been really good if we didn't have so many of them on this night. Uh, I liked things just like naturally rising, the intensity rising with Santana and Orndorff. You got two fiery guys anyways. Um, So I thought that the double count out and the fist (laughs) flying, I thought was a a natural finish. But Mm -hmm. yeah, just too many of those tonight to really stand out.
1: Right. Agreed. All right, we uh, probably have our biggest match of the night, really, up next, and that is Rowdy Roddy Piper challenging Hulk Hogan for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Piper gets a full pipe band entrance, which just looked awesome. There's so much heat in the arena, and that turned wild when Hogan comes out. A uh, really good way to use this feud to buoy the show, and this concept, because you know you were getting this Hogan-Piper match, which uh, had been really simmering for quite a while coming off of Mania. A lot of good uh, you know, strikes and back and forth. Piper is just manic, as always. Hogan keeps trying to hulk up. He eventually does. Piper tries to get back in the ring after he gets knocked out. Hogan pulls him back in, slugs away at him, um, ends up hitting a big boot, and atomic drop, but Piper stays alive, and he ends up throwing Hogan into the ref. The ref goes down. Piper grabs a chair and takes Hogan out with it. Hogan blocks another chair shot. They fight over it until Hogan eventually pelts Piper with it, and then grabs a sleeper. The ref open, uh, wakens up. Orton shows up and hits Hogan with the cast. And then we get the DQ with Orton and Piper beating the shit out of Hogan. Uh, it was fun, as you'd expect, as a brawl. Piper hung in. He looked like a strong threat. The finish was fine, too, as Piper wasn't laying down yet. He had to keep it going. Uh, and Orton's always there to get involved to help him out. Uh, I think having Oren makes the same. Uh, make the save helps, you know, push his friendship with Hogan as well. So only three stars, I think is a worthy title match. If you bought this, you probably you know, get your money's worth. It was just 9 minutes again. So nothing too crazy. Actually not even it was 7 minutes before the DQ. So nothing too crazy out of it, but it was a lot, of, it was a heat, you know, heat war. And, and yet again, the DQ is okay. If we hadn't had, you know, out of 13 matches, like 10 stupid finishes already. and not that DQ is always stupid. Like it makes sense here, but when you see there's piling up on top of each other.
0: Yeah, I agree with what you said, especially about the if you bought this pay-per-view for this match, I think you feel like you got your money's worth. I went 3 and a quarter. Good intensity between these two. Um, you know, for being such a big feud, I don't remember like okay, what ex- what matches exactly do Hogan and Piper have uh to move this rival rivalry along. Uh, So this is a notable one. Uh, Again, with the finishes, exactly what you said. Um, Just too many of them on this night for this one really to stand out. But um, yeah, three and a quarter, I thought they thought they did really well. Great intensity. Um, And and Hogan really thrives in these um, like heated sprints.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of them in 85 for sure. All right, we get a real treat here in our first semifinal match, and that is a Dynamite Kid taking on Randy Savage. So, Savage has really been given some quality opponents here in mm-hmm. Bulba, in um, Dynamite, and in Steamboat. So it's a really cool showing for him. Uh, biggest match of his career for sure. We get the third full Savage and Liz entrance. Nice ovation for Dynamite. Uh, definitely been a stock raiser for him all night. Uh, Jesse <clears throat> says it would be perfect for JYD to get a win by two buys because we get one point where there's a double clothesline, so he's all bitter. Savage slowly goes to top, but Dynamite cracks him with a drop kick and takes it down the top rope superplex. That shocks Jesse and Gorilla, but when they land, Savage cradles Dynamite's legs and picks up the win. Uh, this was so much fun. I think it could have been iconic if they had more time and really got you know to d- develop something. It was filled with quick-hitting strikes and nice drama. We get the debut of the top rope superplex that popped everyone, and Savage mm-hmm. deals another win, but it didn't feel stolen. It felt smart. And that was well executed. So I went three and a quarter on this. Uh, to me, it was the best match of the night. And I really dug it. You come out of the sink and Dynamite has what it takes to be a star.
0: Yeah, uh, three for me. A smartly hard-earned victory for Savage. Um, so I agree with you there. Yeah, you definitely see the singles potential for for Dynamite Kid. I think I should do with Bulldog earlier on in the evening, too. Um, so yeah, I know Dynamite tends to be the one that might stick out a little bit more, but... I thought both Bulldogs looked really good in singles competition on this night. Um, And uh, we get a third heavy layer now of uh, Jesse and Savage, and uh, we're not done yet.
1: All right, Junkyard Dog comes out, and uh, we get announced that he is – Actually, he doesn't get out. We just get announced that he's going to get the buy. Uh, in here, we do get the announcement of the uh, Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud Classic Giveaway. Jack Tunney, <laughs> Basil DeVito, and Ed Debershaw from the firm that handles submissions come out. Uh, they mostly all get booed. Lord Al announces the winner, who's Michael Hanley from Bat- Batavia, Illinois, and he gets booed as well. So the Rolls-Royce is now gone, and we get to our finals, which is a mach Mayor Randy savage limping out. Hurting to take on Junkyard Dog. Jesse's all in on the guts of Savage. His JYD's just been laying around sleeping. Savage has had tougher matches, which is true. I mean, when you look at JYD's matches, you had the Iron Sheik thing, which is fine. You had the the spot debacle, and then the bye. So he really hasn't done much here to get to this point. Um, he wins a couple lockups. Jesse's, you know, saying how the Dynamite match took it its toll on Savage. It hurt his quickness. We get a big bear hug from JYD. as, as Jesse's this gorilla, uh, Jesse is this grilling gorilla and Gene, who's come down to ringside for this one, that he thinks it's fair. And Gene basically says, look, it's luck of the draw, which is true. I mean, both things are true. Like, yes, yeah, Savage is probably getting hosed here. J.Y.D. had an easy path. That's not a lie. But it's also the format of a tournament. Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, that's just how these things work in wrestling. You can have a tournament uh, where you just have a vibe play out the way it goes. So... um we go into a finish where Macho works free after being tied to the ropes, but JYD ducks and backdrops him hard to the floor. He takes a big bump and ends up getting counted out. And J- Junkyard Dog, fittingly, wins the Classic Tournament on a countout. Gene chats with him after, but Jesse comes in and just rips on him. Calls it cheap, so Savage should be the winner. Just a weird finish, all of it. It protects Savage, it plays off the back injury, so I guess like the bump was big enough, big enough that the countout was okay. And I guess JYD is an okay choice if you want to give it to a feel-good baby face <clears throat> he's gonna be dealing with the funks and hogan and all that but i think this was savage's night you're setting him up for a hogan feud over the winter on the house shows like him winning this would have made perfect sense it really made him look like a star and um i know outlasting will jyd you had an easier path as is it feels a little hollow the way jyd wins and then you have jesse just burying him doesn't help um i also thought savage Shelling the back helped put off the s- s- severity of dynamite's new superplex too so uh it was good It was a fine way to close things out. Jay Whitey gets to win. I went two and three quarters, but it was really savage, just bumping like a maniac, and selling the back to get this over.
0: Yeah, I went two and three quarters as well. Just a little confused, like when you give Savage like the back injury on such a spectacular bump, Mm -hmm. um, and then like that ends up being his downfall. Um, But it doesn't really lead to like a clean finish. You give him. the big toss over the top rope, like right. Oh, you're kind of putting sympathy on on Savage here already, and I don't think that's really what you want to do uh, at this point in time. It's just still quite a ways off before they're going to turn them. Um, and then just Jesse getting in the ring, like you know, again we'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, it just felt like too much uh, given the commentary. And I guess people at home, you know, or people in the building, haven't been listening to the commentaries, so this is all. I guess, maybe to deliver this message to the live crowd. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it was a lot, I thought. Um, I don't know how much of it was actually needed. And especially since we're not really going to get a major payoff to this. Like, it was just very confusing. Um, Right. So, yeah, two and three quarters for me. Glad to see the dog get a a signature win and, um, you know, get the the big payday. And uh, I guess he doesn't win the car. But
1: (laughs) no, he does not all right so the net's out to a negative 4.5 for total war and match grade so that's one of the lower ones we've had for sure there's not much in the ring happening on the show at all and that's even with the lens of the mid 80s like you know we don't i don't think you are your harsh graders on this stuff but this just did not give you much to dig into at all all right let's get to our categories uh on the pluses for the build we gave a point for having a prize on the line that was cool uh a point for the tracker board uh, to set things up. It was easy to keep track of who was advancing who, who was facing who. They went to it a lot. Um you know clips of the match draws that added legitimacy. So a point for that. We gave a point to the fifty thousand dollars bounty on Orndorf because that played out throughout the night in his two matches. And then a point for Hogan and Piper continuing on to the show.
0: Yeah. And for the minus with the tournament you have the opportunity kind of like weave feuds in there and they really went like out of their way to not have any feuds really intersect where they easily could and would have made for a better show uh, and would have moved some angles along. So uh, we did give a minus to that.
1: All right. So that's a net of four. So pretty strong there for build on uh, commentary. We gave a point for, you know, gorilla and Jesse do a good job reviewing all the rules and the importance as we got going a point for focusing on Savage uh, strongly all night, a point for Jesse talking about how the greed will show on Steamboat uh, Davy boy. And it kind of played out. Uh, A point on the good debate if Tito should uh, have wrist injury coming into the tournament. His leg is taped up, so that was good. Uh, The commentary felt topical. There was a lot of Nixon Watergate talk throughout this, so that was good. Uh, A point for Jesse uh, having great insight on Tito playing clean and turning it up to go for the bounty. And then we just gave the the max three points on Gorilla and Jesse just arguing all night. Their general bickering and back and forth was classic as always. So uh, strong showing on commentary on the positives.
0: Yeah, I mean, Gorilla and Jesse—they might be the actual chicken noodle in the chicken noodle soup <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> for these shows. I mean, they're such a huge part of like going back and and watching and listening to these shows. Um, as far as the minuses though, uh, I felt I feel like this is going to be a rare misfire for these guys. Uh, we'll see as we do other seasons. But uh, Gorilla fat shaming Adonis within seconds. I mean, he can't wait mm-hmm. to jump on uh, Adonis, yep. put on extra weight. Of course, we have Ivan Padutsky. Uh Jesse really is vicious about Tino mm-hmm. being uh, Tino being from Tijuana and Mexico and Mexicans in general.
1: Minus, so we two, there. With, yeah, minus yeah. two
0: there, yeah, uh, minus two there. That was just really heavy. Jesse being irrational about JY JYD getting the buy. Uh, ever ridden in a Rolls in a Royce? Susan uh, creepy Vince, which oops,
1: and yeah, yeah. I'll say I'm kind of glad. You know, I watched the show before everything broke with Vince. Uh huh. I think watching it after would add even more of a layer to the way him and alfred act around susan which is this gross behavior throughout we all have more points coming for that but uh that was a real creepy line when he said that ever ridden in a rolls royce susan
0: you know and um uh, gene uh you know i guess is drooling over vince or over liz in the uh, in the main event mm-hmm. so uh yeah crap. yeah lots of lots of minuses here
1: all right so then that's up to a plus two so there was a lot of bad to go with the good for sure uh atmosphere we have a point for a really good entrance a pop for corporal kirchner to Open up the show uh a point for the great heat on nikolai when he sings it gets waxed by dynamite a point for savage's entrance a package is already on point he's only been here weeks uh, a point for, for tito the crowd is super into him uh, a point for the crowd feeding off orndorff's energy and aggression in his matches uh, a point for the electric crowd and piper hogan a point for Savage getting more heat with each match as he goes. You can feel it building his momentum throughout the night. A point for the big pop for Dynamite Savage Superplex. It felt like a big moment. Uh, a point for the outfit changes for so Savage Liz. It's kind of a precursor to WrestleMania Four. Mm-hmm. He goes four rounds in this tournament. He's got a different outfit every time. And then a point for Adonis, who so had really good heel heat all night. You could feel that this push maybe is going to work.
0: Yeah, and for our, our negatives or our minuses, uh, this terrible ring <laughs> is always something that stands out to me about the show. And this is before mm-hmm. they would really have their whole, you know, act that they would take on the road with all the, soup, you know, the trucks and everything like that. So they're still like using local promoters' rings. But I mean, this is a, a small ring. It looks terrible, and uh, it looks like it's ready to fall apart at any time, especially given the the size of the competitors in this ring. And um, the crowd is absolutely ruthless during the car giveaway segment, which is understandable if uh, nobody there is going to be winning the car, but. Um, yeah, you would have thought this might have been you know Philly throwing batteries at Santa Claus or something, yeah, I mean it, it was rough, yeah
1: it was a good show, uh, good show atmosphere-wise, though. The crowd is really engaged all night. Uh, I think that the Express Line matches helped that. There's not a lot of time to get bored. So eight eight points there. So that's the big one, is uh, atmosphere. It carries the show so far. Notable moments. We give a point for Adonis winning clean with the DDT to start the show, and Jimmy Christensen, the adorable one. So it's a big moment for him. Uh, a point for Funk announcing his world title aspirations. That's a big moment, given the feud he's heading into. A point for Orton going for the bounty instead of the win when things look bleak. Uh, That was well done. A point for the Superplex, of course. It was awesome. Uh, A point for Jesse leaving the booth to consult Savage, establishing their friendship and potential partnership per Gorilla, that they're working together. So that was well done. Uh, A point for the first major Savage Steamboat match. uh, A point for Savage's big night, wrestling against four great opponents, and comes out looking the strongest. And then a point for JYD winning the Classic.
0: All right. Here's where things take a turn. (laughs) So we got Lord Al creeping on poor Susan all night. We went with minus mm-hmm. three there because it is really bad. And given the recent events, I mean, could probably go more, but we'll stop there at three. Uh, Davey's broken nuts ends a really good match before it gets going. JYD's mm-hmm. awful promo makes him seem lost. Uh, Dubba Dubba, <laughs> congrats, congrats to the Chicago. Uh, Sheik looks awesome and should have won. Uh, JYD gets one shot in. Funks tobacco spit on the camera all time confusing funk and spotty match just a waste of funk and just to have him attack Hogan or do something else um, to really like, you know, set up him going for the title to get him out of the tournament. We kind of talked about that uh, confusing finish for Morocco and Santana Jesse ruins JYD's moment. Annoying ref that looks like an old Italian guy at the club. (laughs) You might know more about that than me. Uh, Brutal JYD and spotty match where JYD counts his own fall without the the ref being in there. It's just a complete mess. And uh, Gorilla says that won't count and won't hold up. But then he goes back and says it does. So uh, minus two there.
1: Disaster uh, for moments. So it ends up being a negative five. So all the good work uh, that atmosphere put in, the moments take away. But, uh, you know, there was some good stuff here. Match grades we talked about, negative 4.5. Card structure, we give a point for the easy flow. It's easy to watch. The matches and promos all move along pretty easily. Uh, a good way to show the tourney draws with Savage and uh, Steamboat and Smith in the first round kind of shows that, look, it's random. You can get face face heel-heel, whatever. So that's it. Just two for card structure.
0: All right. And we'll take a look at the minuses. A uh, long preamble to get the... To- Uh, To get to the show and get things started Including uh, (laughs) including Tony rambling uh, Jack on the take Tony. So many rushed matches uh, Nothing really to dig into Uh, So we went minus through there Loads of dumb finishes all night Uh, Could have used a tag team match to break things Mm -hmm. up It's a lot of singles matches Just one after another Um, Why not have Hogan and Piper after the semis Uh, That that way Savage Could have a bit of a rest and possibly get a better match there uh, should have closed with Kid and Savage or Savage winning. So like you know, I guess just flip some of the uh, outcomes, mm-hmm. um, and ending the tournament on a count out really seemed soft. And I think the crowd really needed a definite one, two, three. Um, you know, to put an exclamation point on the night.
1: Yep, agreed. So this is again where the show really gets hurt for card structure, which is a mess with a negative seven. So uh it's starting to pile up now and not a good way for this uh rewatchability we did get a point for the dynamite savage finish with the superplex into the cradle that was really cool well worth watching again
0: yeah um and that spot you still see this day um taking a look at the minuses funk stupidity uh with spotty the rolls royce giveaway segment and al groping
1: susan all right, so it's the negative two uh, for all-time matches. We had two all-time bad and spot funk and spot JYD, so another negative two, and that gives us with a total negative war score of negative six point five. So, oh. not a good show at all. Um, <clears throat> it is uh, our next to worst show. Not as bad as Over the Limit two thousand eleven, but uh, it's down there. It's a bottom bottom two show for us all time, and I think not a surprise. I don't I don't think it's the one you would have came into thinking it was going to deliver um, and, and be one of the higher finishing shows. I think what really hurt it was the the, the terrible, um, you know, some of the commentary and this all the finishes and the creepiness uh, that was all littered throughout. So maybe this finishes better in a time period where that stuff was more accepted, like in the eighties, but for now it's, it's no bueno.
0: Yeah. And I think what hurts it so much is like the first half of the show. Cause I think the second half of the show in ring, uh, you know, going down our rankings, it's a lot of like two and a half, two and three quarters, three, um you have the big hogan piper match you get the finals so there's a lot of meat i think on the back end of the show but just up front i mean it's a really tough show that first 90 minutes or so um yep. and and some might say the show might have over overperformed because i think for a lot of people this is the dirt worst show that they've done uh, maybe up there with december two uh december two's member but uh yeah
1: well, that at least had that ladder match Oh no, that yes. was uh, uh, no that yeah that was it was Armageddon,
0: Armageddon. Yeah. just has the uh that chamber. That's gonna be a fun show to watch.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, um. All right, anything you wanna hype up on the North South Connection before we move along?
0: Uh yeah, I will definitely throw some praise Aaron's way with the wrestler that was. This is the follow up or companion piece to go along with the year that was uh mm-hmm. here on the North South Connection. Uh, the latest episode that just dropped as of now was on Big Daddy Cool Diesel. I uh, haven't given that a listen yet, but I uh, can't wait to dig into that. I've gone back. I've re-listened to him. Aaron does an amazing job. Uh, yeah. It's got to be really tough doing solo work, and uh, I don't think there's anybody in the game who does it quite like him, so go ahead and Especially check
1: Especially long out. solo shows. It's yeah. like the pops, you know? He's yeah. going an hour, hour and a half every time, so.
0: Yeah, they're they're amazing. Go ahead and and dive into the rest that it. Was also here we've got New Gen on a Mission, which uh, scratches another itch for me. That early New Generation era, uh, the guys just wrapped up the SummerSlam Spectacular uh, on the latest edition that dropped as of now. Uh, so that's like a very fond time for me because that's when a lot of my early memories really start kicking in, and like I remember being really invested. So uh, it's fun for me to to listen to Tim and Justin do their thing over there. And, uh, of course, you and Chad with Wrestling Warzone, uh, another another timepiece that really, you know, gauges my childhood interests. uh, And when I was, you know, a much younger age, really invested uh, into the product. So love what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, those are just some of my favorite shows. I want to give a shout out to.
1: Very good. Very good. Lots of great content dropping every day on the North South Connection podcast network. Uh if you like wrestling, a little bit of sports, about culture mixed in as well, be sure to subscribe, share us, rate us, review us, all that stuff helps get us noticed and it continues to churn out this great content. So sub and check it out. All right, Marcus, let's wrap up this season already uh, with our <laughs> second edition, and that is WrestleMania 2, April 7th, 1986, a on Monday night, uh, oddly enough. Only Monday night, WrestleMania. It takes place across three cities, almost the only WrestleMania to take across uh, three cities, and that is the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, yet again, and the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. We have a plethora of announcers. We have Vince McMahon and Susan St. James uh, in New York. We have <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, we have uh, Gina Orkland, Gorilla Monsoon, and Kathy Lee Crosby in Chicago. And then we have Mean Gene. Uh, I'm sorry, we have Jessica Bimantura, Lloyd Alfred Hayes, and Elvira in Los Angeles. Uh, we're split up evenly across 12 matches. We have four in each city. We start in New York with Paul Orndorf taking on the magnificent Morocco. I always felt like this was a bit of a um, letdown spot for Orndorf coming off like the really red hot. Um, 85, he had the gearing him up for the Hogan feud. I know that the Morocco thing, like, kind of had a role in this as well because uh, he's been loosely associated with Piper and then with Orton and Adonis, or all this. And Orduff's kind of, you know, tangentially mixed in with that. But I thought overall, um, this was a, uh, a bit of a letdown. Like, I feel like these two guys should deliver a much stronger uh, outing and match for sure. So I thought that was a little disappointing. And then, yet again, right out of the gate, we have a um just a stupid finish uh (laughs) out of the gate with the double count out we also get the terrible uh paul Orndorff. uh i guess orient orient eyes uh chinese eyes that he does oh
0: gosh yeah
1: terrible um that's in here so yeah just not not good stuff across the board uh on this and i gave this match a one and a half
0: yeah uh, i'm a little tick above i went with 1.75 when when don morocco is motivated and engaged uh i think he's truly one of the best of all time um mm-hmm. but <laughs> when morocco is uh is not quite there um when the motivation isn't there and uh he's just looking to pick up his paycheck and bounce to the next town um you know it can it can be pretty rough um still decently enjoyable um you know orndorff still super over as a face morocco so upper ech- echelon heel and star for the company, but yeah, uh, uh, you expect more out of these two, and this just felt like more carryover from Wrestling Classic,
1: right? Agreed. Um, all right. Our next match is a continuation of a feud over the Intercontinental title is Macho Randy Savage, our new champion who had defeated Tito Santana in February takes on George, the animal steel. Of course, this is the whole Steel's in love with Elizabeth. Uh, so that plays all through this match. We even get him, uh, you know, bringing flowers from a fan savage. It's abusing him to beat steel, <laughs> beat on steel with them. Uh, and yet again, we get the finish. We talked about the wrestling classic with the savage scoop steals legs and puts his feet on the ropes and rolls them up for the win. Um, I don't know. It was enough smoke and mirrors, I guess. They end up having this match a ton on TV and pay-per-view. It's like on so many science-made events, et cetera. I think there would have been better ways to go about this. Uh, Savage ekes out the title and his woman, but he's, he just deserves more on a show like this. I, I've said it before, and I, I really like the tag match that Tito Satan is in later in the night, but I, I don't, I'll don't. i never get why they didn't just have Savage on the IC title here. They could have really buoyed the show. Unless it is really felt like they needed the star power in L.A. and putting Tito there. But you could have put someone else to J.Y.D. and been just fine. So I, I think this um, <clears throat> this ends up hurting the momentum of Savage more than helping it. I know there are folks that enjoy steel and this angle, but I just have never been into it. So no way. Bueno. I went uh, to. But that's more out of respect for Savage.
0: Yeah, Savage is not quite the height of his powers yet. Uh, so this is really testing his limits as far as what he can do. And I'm not as down as on George Steele as some people might be, but I went uh, 1.75. Just, I don't know. It wasn't all that long, but it felt long. Um, you know, Savage is do he's doing his best, but uh, again, like his best isn't what his best can and will be later. So yeah, I just, I just felt like this was stuck and you know i'd rather never have to see this match again like it started creeping Mm -hmm. into that territory and they have so many other matches too so Mm -hmm. um yeah it it doesn't stand out you know as being their worst but it's definitely not good i don't think at least she's in the arms
1: of someone who cares for (laughs) horror (laughs) terrible so terrible our next match is a recently debuted Jake the Snake Roberts taking on George Wells. Jake has a big showcase match here. Wells kind of been doing his thing in and out, gets a payday. Um uh, Wells gets a little bit of offense, but this is all about Jake as Vince just puts over his methodical offense. Jake survives a power slam, but slides outside showing his smarts. He takes a breather. When Wells follows him out, Jake slides in and then smashes him with a knee lift, picks him up and just buries him with the DDT and then dumps a snake on Wells. as Susan St. James freaks out. Uh, this is a fun, fun little match. I thought Wells actually looked okay on offense. Jake was on defense the whole time, but I think it actually plays into his character as a snake, right. To kind of lay in the weeds, take the offense and then find his spot, bide his time. And then snap off the deadly finisher to pick up the win. So I thought it was actually a nice showcase for Jake. I went uh, two and two, uh, two and a quarter stars here.
0: I'm with you two and a quarter as well. Really good debut for Roberts. Um, Vince really had an idea um, and was, you know, I guess, got the right guy to, to play the role. Um, I, th- I think it's a beautiful marriage here because I can't imagine anybody else being Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, but also knowing, you know, from his interviews he had a little bit of a different idea for the presentation of the character, you know, wearing the karate sweatpants. It um, <laughs> just wouldn't look the same. Like, yeah, it, it, this looks like a dangerous man. Like, there, there's a real element to danger uh, in this cartoonish world as we're dipping into an 86. Um, <coughs> right. You know, Wells, I thought, was a step above, like, a warm body. I thought he did mm-hmm. pretty well here. Um, but, yeah, it, it's all about Jake. It's an excellent debut, uh, two and, and a quarter for me.
1: All right. Up next, we have our main event of the first portion here in New York, and that is Mr. T taking on Rowdy Roddy Piper in a boxing match. Big feud from S1 Ignited. We have Joan Rivers as the guest announcer. We have the guest judges at Ringside, Daryl Dawkins, Cab Calloway, and G Gordon Liddy. We have Herb, the guest timekeeper from Wendy's. He actually uh, gets the biggest <laughs> pop of the night. Uh, Gordon Liddy is, um, is out there as well. The fight is for 10 rounds. Well, Lou Duva is out with Piper and Orton. He's getting buried in booze uh smoke joe frazier and haiti kid are out with mr t i thought rivers actually did a good job with the ring announcement i thought she did a nice job firing yeah yeah so we get some fighting through a couple rounds and then as we get into is it round three or four uh yeah it's round th- uh no round four And so around four piper finally kind of snaps rocks t with the right hand t comes back and it's a big hook shot to the head T backs Piper to the corner. Piper shoves the ref and bites Sam's T and gets disqualified. So our second, you know, kind of shit finish of the night. Third, really, if you count the finish, it's Savage Steel. Mm-hmm. The two brawl and everyone comes into the ring to break things up. I thought it worked as a spectacle. I did get dragged a little bit. Uh, T looked kind of like a goof, especially when he fell off the stool and threw the water at him. I think it's a good use of Piper <laughs> due to the size for T in the past. Uh, the, it was booked finished too. You can't have Piper lose. Why have a T job? So, I mean, whatever. It was a good spot to load in all celebrities, too. It felt like a big deal. Um, it's a good one-off. This should really wrap Piper T, you would think, for a while. So, I went three. Like I think it's as good as a spectacle. It's super memorable, of course, as a moment in WrestleMania. History and uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd watch again, I guess, if I had to, but I'm probably also good if I don't.
0: Yeah, it's it's really as a spectacle before they've mastered the spectacle necessarily. Um, you know, it's Mr. T versus Mr. P. Um, the P and for for Piper stands for problematic. I feel like <laughs> anything cover body Piper, is, <coughs> there's something yes. really questionable um, about his presentation or, or something he does during the evening um yeah you just you feel the the tensions and you know i don't know maybe i'm looking you know too far into it but it just always feels like it's always something with piper um but yeah three for me better than i remember it being um but yeah definitely not not something i feel the itch to like go back and rewatch either but you know for being a boxing match when people are there to see wrestling um i thought this kind of served served the many masters uh so to speak you know you got you got some of the boxing displayed in there um you know you got some antics with uh, piper and, and orton and then you got the big you know Schmash finish with the body slam and the big pull apart brawl so uh three for me i thought this was was pretty good but uh again not something i'm itching to go back and watch
1: are we open up uh chicago portion part two with a women's title match and that is velvet mcintyre challenging the fabulous moolah no hyper build to velvet getting the title shot a lot of heat on moolah as usual moolah just kind of whips around velvet ducks a clothesline gets a pair of one-legged drop kicks slams moolah but misses a splash off the middle rope and moolah covers just a waste of time like why bother i know i know they wanted to do four matches in each city and we have two of the longer ones here coming up but just do three like like I get maybe want to showcase everything you have on this with the women, but if you're going to do something under a minute with a stupid finish, why bother? And if you want to have it, why not just have it, like, in the downtime and just announce that she won and show a clip? You know what I mean? Like, just have it when we're not live. Oh, here's a bonus match for Chicago or something like that. Uh, Velvet looked like an idiot, so this this to me was nothing. Usual Moolah trash. I went a quarter star.
0: Yeah, um, I went with a half star. Uh, point 0.5 for me. I guess maybe Mola needed some uh, extra money to uh, yeah. help make ends meet in the uh, yeah, I'm sure. The house. Um, yeah. Mola kind of always surprises me. Like, she looks ancient, but <laughs> we're going to see her like 15 years later. And somehow, like, she's still alive. Not only is she still right. alive, she's like doing stuff that's more dangerous. So, like, how old exactly is she? Like, is she a female version of like Arn Anderson? Where she's just been, except instead of like 42, she's been 72 her entire life. You know, I have no idea. Well, but.
1: she was born in uh, 1923. So she was 63 here. Good grief. hmm Yeah. So, I mean, she's late 70s when the Dudleys are throwing around like a rag doll. Yeah. <laughs> Trash. All right, next <laughs> match, uh, we, we kind of continue again with another pick it up for the wrestling classic. Another express line is Corporal Kirchner takes on Nikolai Volkov in a big international battle in a flag match. It's a rematch from Science Made Event. Good heat as usual on Volkov and Blassie. Nice pop for Kirchner. Uh, again, just another quick match. We get a two count, uh, the two continuing to slug away. Kirchner catches Blassie's cane in the air, blasts Nikolai, and picks up the win. The Chicago card is jacked, though. Like, they were super into it. Um, so you know ended up going a half a star overall it was just kind of i'm sorry i went out one three-quarter stars overall the crowd was into two, the heat was there but just they had no time to really get going
0: yeah i went with 1.5 uh again Kirshner is far from my favorite wrestler but if you ever think that nikolai uh is a bad wrestler put him in there with like an actual bad wrestler um, and, and I thought full call full head and shoulders, um uh, better than Kerbal Kershner here. Uh, but yeah, crowd was surprisingly hot. Um, I guess that, uh, this cold war dynamics were still in play in the, uh, in the mm-hmm. mid eighties. All
1: right. Next up, we have a battle Royal. Uh, between the NFL and WDF Superstar. So this is a pretty inspired idea, uh, especially in Chicago where football was red hot with the Bears coming off their uh, Super Bowl win. We have uh, Jim Covert, Pedro Morales, Tony Atlas, Ted Arcidi, Harvey Martin, Danny Spivey, Hibley Jim, King Tonga, The Iron Sheik, Ernie Holmes, B. Brian Blair, Jim Brunzel, Big John Studd, Bill Fralick, Jim Neidhart, Russ Francis, Bruno Sambartino, William the Refrigerator par- Perry, and Andre the Giant all competing in this match. So a ton of weight, a ton of big dudes. It's, it's a Haas special. Uh, Dick Buckus and Ed Tuttle-Jones are the guest referees. Claire Peller is the guest time, uh, timekeeper. We find out the Total combined weight is 5,612 pounds in the ring, which is impressive for sure. It's also memorable because it's uh, Bruno San Martino's only WrestleMania match, so that's cool there. And, of course, this is a pretty infamous finish as Andre the Giant ends up with the Hart Foundation in the end, kicks Anvil out of the ring, and then throws Bret Hart on top of him in their WrestleMania debut. Uh, I thought this was fun. It never dragged. It never lingered. It had perfect booking across the moment. It was neat. It keeps up the legend of Andre. as the king of a better royal. And I actually liked Ernie Ladd on commentary a lot, too. I thought he was really sharp and added a lot into this match. So, overall, I went three and a quarter. This is a very well-done celebrity match.
0: Yeah. Three and a half for me. Everything that you said, I totally agree with. Um, I feel like, and I'm not the biggest like historian, uh, my NFL knowledge doesn't start kicking into like the mid nineties, but whenever I was at like the dentist or something and they were like, Hey, you want to watch like a video? I feel like it was always like NFL footage from, <laughs> from like this era with like Fridge Perry or Bill Freilich, uh, you know, some of these cats involved. So like, I don't know, was like the NFL, like had they hit like a boom period here? I know, you know, that bears team is a really big deal. Um, you know, one that's still talked about to the, to to this day. Um, but yeah, the uh, this is like a really cool moment for Andre. Like, this is his signature win. I would say this is his one shining moment. Um, excellent finish, I thought, with uh the Heart Foundation bracket and down to the big Rhino on the outside. Uh, yeah, I really like this uh, on a rewatch, and I could see myself liking it even more, uh, giving another watch, especially with like. So many, you know, non wrestlers in the ring, Um, you know, this turned out as good as possible, I thought. So three and a half for me.
1: All right. So we have one more match in Chicago. This for the tag team titles is the British Bulldogs challenge the dream team. And, of course, the Bulldogs have Ozzy Osborne with them. The Dream Team have escaped many challenges by the Bulldogs. But here they are. They have to face their foes one last time in Rosemont. This is a great match filled with a lot of heavy strikes, hard-hitting blows. Uh, just some just really nasty shit, like a really sick tombstone pile driver at one point. Um, the finish is, is pretty gross, too, where Dynamite's head gets slammed into Valentine's on the top rope. And uh, Valentine uh, D- uh, Dynamite takes a nasty bump to the floor. Off of that, Davey covers Hammer, and we get the win a Big Pop. Captain Lou and Ozzy celebrate the titles. Um, and Kathy and Jean, as everyone else, is recovering from the violence. Poor the Bulldogs are, like, dead on the floor uh, as Ozzy and Cat and uh, Albano are uh, celebrating. Like, most of the matches, Hammer really carry this, like they do for the Dream Team. The Bulldogs dominated the heavy portion of the match, but it was, it was really a lot of hard-hitting offense. Uh, Hammer picking up David on the cover kept the Dream Team strong as well. We also had no attempt to Johnny V interference, so this was uh, stayed stay pretty clean on their end. And the Bulldogs are now on top of the mountain. It's definitely the best match of the night so far. Uh, the Bulldogs established as a top team. British Bulldogs forever. And as we'd hear for months after this, this is the nightmare in the horizon for the, the <laughs> nightmare at the Rosemont for the Dream Team.
0: British Bulldogs forever. Yeah. Um, I find my uh, my rating here. Uh, I'm looking at Wrestling Classic. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Three and three quarters for me. Um, this is... <sighs> It kind of felt like a modern tag match with, like, the pacing and the style and just, like, the hard-hitting action. But at the same time, like, it's really an exhibition for, like, how good Valentine is uh, because he barely tags in Beef, uh, the old beefer. Um, there's not too much action for Beefcake in this match, which seems to be totally fine. Um, it's almost like they gave Beefcake too much at WrestleMania 1, and <laughs> they... They, uh, you know, put them on the back burner just to kind of sit and learn with Hammer for a year, uh, which totally ended up being the right call. Um, Or I guess almost two years. Um, They're going to continue teaming after this nightmare in the Rosemont for them. Um, But yeah, huge moment for the Bulldogs and the Bulldogs say they're going to stay in America, which I guess that was a big thing. Like they might be returning to England had they lost this match. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a cool wrinkle to add. Um, But, yeah, overall, this is a a big-time match, um, one that withstands the test of time, I think.
1: All right, we head over to L.A. to open the the final portion of our show, Ricky Steamboat versus Hercules. Uh, A very fine match. This is uh, really a showcase for Steamboat, who had just arrived. He ends up getting a high crossbody to win. I thought this was a fun sprint. I thought it was the best Hercules really looked at this point in his run. Completely different guy out there. Shows a nice power offense, never slowed down, and Steamboat's selling is, is on point, as always. So I thought we opened L.A. nicely. I went two and three quarters on this.
0: Yeah, two and three quarters for me. I'm surprised, you know, given how um, toyetic the company seems to be trending, they want everybody to be a character and, you know, to have stuff that they can market. I'm surprised that Hercules backed away from like the original kind of Roman gladiator kind of Hercules. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they just give him a chain a little bit later felt like a a step backwards, like, feels like he would have graduated to end up being like a Roman gladiator instead. But uh, that was my only note for this match. Um, you know, pretty
1: good match between these two. Yep, agreed. All right, next up we have Uncle Elmer uh, taking on Adrian Adonis. A very <laughs> random match. Uh, you know, this is a showcase for Adonis again, but it would have been nice to have someone he could work with. Elmer and the mm-hmm. Hillbillies were really kind of cooked by this point. The crowd is all over Adonis. Uh, Elmer is alone here. Jim was in the battle royal. Cousin Lucas Trash. We get the usual dumb Elmer jig as Adonis refuses to go narrow him because he stinks, and we end up. Ending things off with Adonis hitting a top rope splash. Uh, it, it was whatever. It was Adonis basically wrestling himself. Elmer sucks. He's useless. He has no value. Uh, I thought Adonis deserved better, but he at least gets a pretty dominant win over Elmer. And, uh, you know, he was the third from the top here in L.A. So I ended up going one star on this, and that's, again, out of respect for Adonis.
0: Yeah, I went 1.5 um, <laughs> out of respect for Adonis. Man, uh, he's really had to do some heavy lifting uh this season they've not given him a ton to work with you know my uncle elmer hatred uh, isn't as strong as yours but yeah this was this was pretty rough
1: all right two matches left we have a tag match we talked about a decent amount actually at the wrestling classic and that is junkyard dorg and tito santana taking on the funk brothers terry and dory uh really the first big match for Haas dory here and a lot of energy this is a really fun back and forth there's a lot of good heat between funk and uh, the Funks and JYD at this point. Tito kind of, you know, tagging along here to go with it. We end up having things break down late. JYD gets a small package, but Haas breaks it up. Tito comes in, gets Haas out of figure four, but the ref pushes Tito out. Hart pitches the megaphone to Terry, bops JYD, and the Funks win. Again, a super fun hot tag. All sorts of stooging and bumping and consistent offense. The usual controlled chaos where the Funks are involved. The crowd is really into Tito and jyd uh it got hot late too with all the brawling on the floor leading to the finish Uh, the finish worked as well with funk now getting one up on jyd with the chicanery and keeps tito from taking the loss so i'm going three uh, three and a half stars second best match of the night for me i've always really dug this tag match i think it's a kind of a hidden gem um and this really holds up well
0: yeah i'm right there with you three and a half for me this was not too far behind uh the wf tag team title match from earlier Uh, a sneaky favorite of many people on this card um this this one i feel like uh, gets mentioned as like a forgotten match and for good reason i mean th- this was really awesome uh you, you get the rare appearance of both funk brothers on a wrestlemania card so that's something to note um yeah again junkyard dog um semi-main event here with tito and they've really loaded i feel like this la portion um with santana with junkyard dog and uh with our main event
1: and our main event is Hulk Hogan taking on King Kong Bundy inside of a cage. That's a pretty good build here with Bundy having a pretty infamous attack on Saturday Night's main events to really set this up. Of course, Hogan's ribs are all taped. We had a lot of uh, vignettes of Hogan going to the doctor and rehabbing and working out. Ricky Schroeder is there as a guest timekeeper. He gets booed. Tommy Slaughter is the guest ring announcer. He gets cheered. Actor Robert Conrad is the special referee. It's uh, really good heat on Bundy. Hogan marches to the ring as well. Gets a big pop. And we can get going. Hogan's ribs are all taped up. I'm <clears> sorry. <throat> And then uh, the match ends up being a pretty good one. It's it's a fun main event with a lot of big power spots. In the end, Hogan kicks Bundy to the mat as uh, Bundy tries to keep him off the cage and climbs the cage and escapes to a massive pop to win the match. Hogan beats up Bobby Heenan after. The crowd loved that. It was a fun main event. They kept it tight, didn't overstay its welcome. Bundy's offense was good, too. Uh, when he hit the avalanche and splash, there was a good buzz in the crowd. Hogan was great, as always, working hard and culminating in the great power slam to finish it and then escaping. Uh, Hogan fights through the injury and retains. A uh, good main event. And I went three and a quarter stars.
0: Three and a half for me. Uh, I think I was at three and a quarter, but I felt like these guys really delivered on it being the main event. Uh, So I went the little extra quarter there and went three and a half. Um, I can't help but think, though, like how different would this match be if it was Hogan and Morocco uh, and you swap Bundy uh, over there with Warndorf and you have Hogan and Bundy as something to do for the summertime um but with where we're heading to for wrestlemania 3 always felt like bundy was a good like false big boss uh, for hogan you know <laughs> like he, he thinks he kind of slayed uh the last dragon uh but he's got one more lurking around the corner um but yeah we've seen um well we haven't seen but you know in other seasons we'll cover um bundy's debut uh and i just think like there's a cool story there from him you know, making his presence known at wrestlemania one uh with the quick squash of sd jones uh and working himself up the card uh now to face hogan at wrestlemania 2. um that's just kind of good like classic booking and, and classic progression up the card uh, we don't get to see too much these days so um that really stood out to me i thought that was a cool note but yeah hogan is definitely um in uh you know in the height of his powers here uh and he definitely feels like the biggest star that we've seen. Like, this feels like WrestleMania 2 starring Hulk Hogan.
1: Yep. Agreed. All right, let's get to our categories. So that, that's a net of negative 0.5 for uh, War for Match Grade. So that's actually not bad. It's pretty much washed out, which is um, okay for the show. You would have thought perhaps it would be lower. So, yeah. uh, All right, so the positives for build. We give a point for the good focus on the rarity of this being a three-city setup. Two points for the Piper T long-term build. Uh, a point for Steele's obsession with the miss elizabeth a point for the good build-up to the battle royal a point for uh, Kirshner and volkoff's ongoing war uh, a good build for the tag title match and the hype for uh, ozzy we got a point for that a good long story for jyd and funk a uh, point for that hogan bundy's quick heat build-up uh, as well they got two points from us a uh, really good hype video and hogan's sick workout and the doctor not clearing him but him fighting anyway so just a lot of good positives in the build-up to the show
0: yeah, and over here in the minuses, uh, should have done uh, Savage and Santana since they have the feud going on for the IC title there. Um, over reliance on low-level celebs that doesn't really hold up. Velvet uh, feeling like a, a nothing-happening challenger for the women's title. Um, and uh, Captain Lou feels shoehorned into a, what mm-hmm. would be a good build for the tag team titles uh, and the good hype for uh, Ozzy Osbourne.
1: right. All right. So we went six on that one. Uh, so pretty strong build overall for the show. Commentary. Nice job by Susan St. James uh, with the Steel Liz story. She kind of actually carried that. A point for Vince asking Susan if she likes snakes and we could also have snake <laughs> comments. Maybe that should have been the negative. Uh, nice job having Rudy Ladd work the NFL match. He added a lot of insights about crossing over. A point for the nice job getting over the story of the Reinforced Cage for the main event. And then a point for Grill and Jesse doing their best without one another to carry.
0: Yeah, Uh, And into our minuses Uh, The analysis teams are a mess due to the setup In the three different locations So we went minus three there, one for each one Uh, Susan says that Orndorff is using Ancient Chinese techniques (laughs) Uh, And is all confused Uh, We get plenty of Old George Mm -hmm. uh, As that match goes on Kathy Lee not really adding much of anything Unless Gorilla sets it up on a T4 Would have been better off Just not having her at all Um and going with, uh, I believe that's uh, Gorilla and uh, Oakland out there. Gene with his uh, generic platitudes. Gorilla has to work overtime in his portion. Alan Jesse struggled to see who will lead play-by-play. Uh, awkward setup there. Elvira feels a bit too evil calling Steamboat a wimp. And uh, just kind of doing like yeah. productive stuff. Um, felt like somebody's mom trying to do commentary.
1: Right, yeah, I just was, like, not really getting the concept of it. So that's a negative five for commentary. So that, I mean, not a surprise there with all the guest stuff. That really hurts it. Gorilla and Jesse being apart, part, et cetera. All right, atmosphere, we give a point for the crowd heat for Steel, a point for the buzz for the boxing match, a point for Volkov, as always, with singing, uh, a point for Andre winning the Battle Royal, uh, the, the pop there, a point for the good buzz for the battle royal intros, the loaded field felt like a big deal, a point for the fridge, like he got a super pop, of course, as a Super Bowl star a point for the heat on Adonis, who's just owning the character, a point for the pop for JYD and Tito, a point for the pop for Hogan, the crowd is fully engaged in the whole match a pop for Tommy Lasorda, the local boy gets a big pop, big uh, clue cool use of him a point for the awesome camera work at the main event all the unique angles from on top of the cage uh, and then a point for the specially reinforced blue bar cage debut with uh, the big boys in the match
0: yeah, uh, that cage is is a really big one. Uh, looking into the minuses, uh, it's a little weird having Vince and Susan on the couch in the back uh, again, given um, these uh, recent times. It feels a little bit more weird. All sorts of tech issues uh, as we go along with the event, and uh, you know, like m- messed up cuts to things. Uh, just a sloppy look, um, extra equipment lying around on the floor, and it just feels like a like a I don't know, like a second rate production at times, which is. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not what WrestleMania one felt like, and it's not what WrestleMania three is going to feel like either. So that really stands out.
1: All right. So that's a seven for atmosphere though. So these hot crowds really help a lot to carry the show, uh, moments in importance. We gave an all time Ray Charles, America, the beautiful performance. That's one of the top ones in WrestleMania history. Uh, the classic Piper promo, if he quits, you know, quit, if he loses the T, uh jake roberts wrestlemania debut and snake reveal a point for that a point for savage's wrestlemania debut and his win uh, a point for joan rivers uh being a good at slaying the intros and adding the hype a point for piper snapping and attacking t a point for brett hart's wrestlemania debut a point for the buddy kirchner waving the flag with the rabid crowd behind him a point for andre throwing out brett to win about a royal to classic moment a point for the big john sud uh, fridge Perry showdown A point for Bruno San Martino's WrestleMania match. A point for Ozzy Osbourne uh, being the big get for them as a star, and then the British Bulldogs forever. A point for Bulldogs winning the tag titles. A point for the iconic shot of Jesse and his boa. That's another memorable moment that gets re-aired a lot. A point for Al in the white tux and Elvira busting out of her outfit. A point for Hogan slamming Bundy, and then a point for Hogan beating the shit out of Heenan. So a lot of big moments on the show, honestly, that often get overlooked when you think about it.
0: Yeah, if you don't really tally those up all as one, I think you forget just how much really happens on the show. Uh, but let's see if the minuses take away too much. Uh, Orndorff mocking Fuji's eyes. Uh, Steele kicks out of the big elbow, and Savage gets a weak roll-up a few seconds later. A weak showing for the women's division. Piper's racist couch promo, there he is, problematic P. Uh, Lou and Ozzy holding on to the tag titles uh, and bragging as <laughs> the Bulldogs lay dead. Um, worthless uh, Uncle Elmer and his uh, you know fairy hand gesture with Adonis. Um, and uh, yeah, we went minus two there for, for Uncle Elmer. Clown.
1: Yeah. Being offensive and being terrible at the same time. <laughs> Piper's at least good when he's offensive. <laughs> Orndorff off with the eyes is a little too so just a tough night for that stuff <laughs> typical mid-80s so that's out to an eight for the total score uh we talked about a negative 0.5 for match grades uh, for card structure we gave a point to spotlight the tag titles to main event chicago so that felt like a big deal uh, a point for t and piper closing new york uh a point for the you know timing of the show everything broke out pretty well every, every city had about an hour four matches uh, a point for starting la hot with steamboat getting the crowd fired up And a point for L.A. and Chicago having pretty complete cards, uh, despite the limited number of matches.
0: Yeah, um, and with all the positives for, you know, they were able to pull off with the three cities. Uh, Here in the minuses, one of the minus with the three city setup is that it it leads to a weird flow with the card. Like, it's kind of constantly, like, up and down, and, like, every hour you're restarting the show, basically. So it's hard to get a good flow there with the show. Uh, There's no real build across the whole show. Again, it's broken up by hours. Uh, it's a tough opener with no real feud uh, and a bad finish. Should have uh, had Santana and Savage as the icy title change here as uh, opposed to Boston Garden. And uh, Chicago starts with a dud title match and the uh, short flag match.
1: All right, so it's a one for card structure. For rewatchability, we get a point for Piper throwing the stool at Mr. T. Uh, a point for Andre throwing Bret Hart to the floor. And a point for... Fat ass Uncle Elmer falling down while throwing a punch and then Adonis kicking with the head like a piece <laughs> of garbage after the match. I could rewatch that all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and in the minus section, we've got Elmer's mocking of Adonis and plus racist promos and gestures just riddled throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. So we did a catch-all minus two there.
1: Yeah, so that's a zero for rewatchability. One all-time bad match in Moolah and McIntyre, negative one. And that gives a pretty surprising total. 15 and a half so that's a pretty good score for the show i think coming in you may not have expected that to finish you know close to the top 20 of what we've done so far which really right around the halfway point
0: yeah uh what stands out to me is like the last two matches of chicago plus the full hour of la Mm i think you have like a really good show there um you know really good 90 minutes or so um yeah i think i think that pulls up the rest of the like the rest of the show in my opinion
1: yeah and there's a lot of good moments too uh which really helps as well a lot of memorable things happen on this show all right so like i mentioned that finishes uh we got 43 shows that finishes 20th so top half for sure um as a refresher you want us to do our top 10
0: uh yep, let me uh find my show here. Scrolling across. Oh, come on. Come
1: on. I can start. Uh All right, tenth we got get the started. UK championship tournament uh night one. Uh ninth we got takeover Chicago two at twenty
0: two and a half. Yep, I'm I'm catching up there. Go ahead.
1: At eight, no way out 2000 with 22 and a half. That was tied, but we gave it a tiebreaker. In seventh, is SummerSlam 2011 with 23. In sixth, fully loaded 99 with 26 and a quarter. Uh, our top five is TakeOver War Games 2 with 26 and a half. TakeOver New York with 28.25. Rumble 2000 with 28 and a half. Money in the Bank 11 at 28.75. And then SummerSlam 99, our number one show, 38.25. And I'm curious if this is really going to end up being just an outlier, given how... Um, Nothing's been close to it, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, we still got some heavy hitters to come uh, in upcoming seasons. Um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, our next season that we're going to do. But uh, before then, we got some awards to hand out, right?
1: We do. And just a refresher uh, Classic finished 40th, so these finished 20 spots apart on the total list. All right, let's do our awards for 85-86. Our MVP of the season, I think, was uh, a pretty easy choice. It was Hulk Hogan, the biggest star, uh, had two of the hottest matches. I think there were guys that stood out. I think Dynamite was in the discussion, yeah, two matches he yep. put on. But Hogan's the cog that makes all this go.
0: Yeah, no doubter. Um, this is really you know, 1986 starring Hulk Hogan, both Wrestling Classic and, uh, and WrestleMania. He's hands down the biggest star, and, he, and he's got two really good matches as well.
1: All right, our silver slugger, and that is the best average match score. That also went to Hulk Hogan at three point three eight stars. Um that goes, you know, we take obviously with this show this season it was only two two batches. So that's the average there. I think normally we do what three, I believe. So um or was it a quarter? Is that where we end up somewhere third? We'll have to look at Yes. Up, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, all right, our Vince Scully for the best announcer. I'm not gonna lie, it's a bit of a tough picking, and it was hard not to go with Jesse because he's my all time favorite, but he was Fully detrimental at the end of the wrestling classic, had a lot of the racist stuff all throughout both. Um, he did OK carrying the last leg of mania, but I, I thought Gorilla Monsoon was the best of the the bunch in these two shows.
0: Yeah, Gorilla was uh, the least problematic uh, of our commentators. And, yeah. uh, you know, he did his his uh, held up his end of the bargain as well, holding up the uh, Chicago show. Mm
1: hmm. Right, our Mendoza Award uh, for the lowest average match score to Moondog Spot. He had two matches, 0.38 star average, so trash. Not a shock, given what we talked about with the classic. Poor spotting uh, <laughs> Our LVP with Nikolai Volkov. I mean, he didn't do much, but he just jobbed twice in two big, high-profile spots the same way, pretty much. So um, not a good year for Nikolai. No. Best individual performance. We actually went with Greg Valentine. <clears throat> excuse me, WrestleMania 2 really carried that match, strapped beefcake to his back and ended up being the match of the night, the match of the season, really. And uh, he really steered it overall.
0: Yep. Huge, huge performance for uh, Old Hammer. All
1: right. Our rookie of the year is pretty obvious. And this is someone that wasn't on any pay-per-views in prior seasons. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage who wins the tournament, looked at the biggest star at the Classic. Uh, yes, the WrestleMania match was still subpar, but you still get the win in a big feud.
0: Yeah, um... Yeah, this year, this season really sets him up um, going forward. Uh, I know he's going to have, you know, huge seasons to come. So uh, they really laid the groundwork here in 86 with him.
1: All right, most main events uh, was a tie for, with four guys. JYD, Savage, Hogan, Bundy both had one. Uh, so one star there. Most matches won. Randy Savage actually won four, ma- uh, four matches in the mm-hmm. season with two shows. So good on him. Hulk Hogan had two title matches. That was the most across the shows. Piper and Volkoff tied with two losses for the most matches lost in the season. Uh, the best crowd. We ended up going with Chicago for some many two. They were smoking for the battle Royal and they were great in the tag match and, and the Kirchner stuff too. So yeah. Uh, All-star team. This is our top five players of the season. We went with Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Tito Santana, and the junkyard dog. And honestly, looking at this feels like maybe we left dynamite off and should have been on there. What do you think of swapping off? jyd for dynamite
0: um it's tough uh there's a case for either guy being on there um
1: you know dynamite um, had the best match of wrestlemania and you could argue the best performance of the classic in the savage match
0: yeah and for dog's case like (coughs) he's kind of like he's the second biggest star um on the babyface side for wrestling classic and and you know it's a big win for him i'm okay switching off uh jyd for dynamite but it's close
1: yeah yeah all right well let's we'll give him the tie we'll cheat a little bit it's such a light field okay uh and the all loser team are bottom five nikolai volkov uncle elmer fabulous mula velvet mcintyre and the the biggest dope moondog spot um of all this so Poor those side. are our awards for this season and another season in the books marcus it's crazy one episode one season down um our years ranking this ended up finishing last when you look at the average score uh it was a total score of um nine war and uh actually that's not right we got to fix that average score four and a half doesn't seem right at all so we'll fix that up we'll report back on our next one
0: yeah, but it's still definitely going to be... Uh... Oh,
1: actually, that might be right, because negative six and a half wrestling classic, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, with, Yeah. total score nine, average score four and a half. That's right. So that finishes just below 94.95. They had an average of 5.6, and that's what we use as a determination. Our best season was NXT 18-19. That was 21.3. 99-2000, 11-12, uh, 10.2, and then ninety four ninety 5.6. And this season, 4.5. All right, yep. so that'll do it. Thank you for joining us. Check out everything we have to offer the North-South Connection. We'll be back in two weeks. We're going to kick off another new season, so that'll be a lot of fun. Getting into uh, an interesting time period. We'll see how it holds up. So, with all that said, continue to live your life above replacement level. Talk to you soon.